0: that goes forth from my mouth declares the Lord or like a hammer that when it falls it splits open the rock in the name of the one true and living God father son and holy spirit amen you may be seated so then who is this Jesus is he the prince of peace or is he the author of division? My wife loves it when I answer this way. In fact, it happened last night. It nearly got me excommunicated from the family, and now you too can love me like she does when I say that the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Let's be clear. Today's gospel is hard on the ears, and Jesus does say to us some difficult things. He says that he has come to cast fire upon the earth, and he wishes that it were already kindled. He tells us that we know how to interpret the appearance of the earth, and then asks why we don't know how to interpret the present time, finally warning us that if we cannot judge for ourselves what is right, we will be put into prison, and we will not get out until we've paid the very last penny. And he also says, do you think that I have come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division, even families will be divided against one another. So how do we reconcile all of that with what Jesus also tells us in John's gospel when he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So I'll start this morning bringing these things together by digging into a very dark spiritual reality of our day. I'll continue, God willing, by shining the light of what Jesus says into this darkness. And then I would like to end by talking about what is required of us as Christians in our day. I submit to you this morning, fellow Christians, that one of the deepest darknesses, if not the deepest darkness that we are facing right now is the confusion over the very nature of humanity. Having already ripped through the sacred fabric of marriage and family, the very hounds of hell have set their sights now on our God-given identity as humans. What was once, I can't help it, I'm only human, over time became baby, I was born this way. Tipping the scales from at least a shallow excuse for our misdeeds to a position of all out pride. No longer should we be concerned about our misbehavior or our misdoings, especially sexually. After all, this is how I came into the world. Deal with it and don't you dare question it. And now our culture has fallen even further into the abyss with the ill-fated idea that you can somehow change your God-given, God-given gender by surgically exchanging body parts and drinking from a fountain of drugs. Friends, I say this with every intentionality and also with every ounce of Christian love that I have, this is insanity. This is insanity. People are losing their minds and now they're mutilating their bodies. Why, there's one reason and one reason alone and it is that people have lost their spiritual compass. They are blind and they cannot see. There's actually a tinge of good news here and I mean for us to think about this point very seriously as Christians. The good news, the good news in this is that people actually do have a sense of dissatisfaction. People perceive that there is something wrong. The problem is they can't quite put their finger on it and they don't know how to make it right. And this, church, this, this, this is why Jesus comes to us as the author of division. Even a cursory read of Genesis chapter one reveals to us that God has been in the business of division all along. In the natural order, he separates the night from the day, the earth from the sky, the land from the sea, the seasons of the year. He separates the animals into those among the earth, the sky, and the sea, and significantly, he divides humanity into male and female. All this coming from just a cursory review of the text, but a more careful review of the text shows us something else. It reveals that there is a spiritual truth beginning to be woven into our natural world. You see, when God creates the light and when he separates the light from the darkness, he does something very interesting and very significant. The Bible says that God calls the light good. He calls the light good. But what about the darkness? Concerning the darkness, God says nothing at all. He's absolutely silent about the darkness. And I wanna suggest to you friends that this is a sign of things to come. It's a symbol, it's a setup for an emerging spiritual reality and it's one that the apostle John picks up on on the first chapter of his gospel when he says this, in him. In him, in Jesus to be specific. In him was life, and that life was the light of men, and that light shines into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So we see, my friends, that light and darkness are not just natural phenomenon, but spiritual ones also. The light of the gospel, the light of the truth, the light of God's love is now shining into the darkness. And the darkness, the dark forces of the devil, the darkness of sin and death, they will not, they will not, they will not overcome it. And the point, my friends, is this. Jesus is the author of division so that he can be our Prince of Peace. Jesus is the author of division so that he can become our Prince of Peace. So when Jesus says he came to cast fire upon the earth and would that it were already kindled, he is talking about the fire of his unfailing love that shines into the darkness of sin. Calling it out wherever it is, hiding it. Why? So that he can conquer it with his merciful Loving, generous, benevolent goodness and grace. After all, how will we ever find the road to salvation unless someone lights the path? And how can we ever be sanctified from sin unless it is burned up into ashes and then blown away by the life-giving breath of the Holy Spirit who has come to regenerate us and adopt us as God's own sons and daughters? Of course, implicit in the truth that Jesus is the author of division is a warning. For those who fully and finally refuse the call, the call of the gospel to repent and to return to the Lord, God's love will very much indeed feel like a fire that is burning against them in judgment. It's still love. It just won't feel that way. And here's why, because God will not accept, he will not accept the flimsy excuses that we fancy for ourselves. We are not only human. Because of our sin, we are actually less than human. Sin has made us subhuman. We are not all that God designed for us to be. And we are not born this way as if there's nothing wrong with us. We are born in sin and we are bound by sin and God is not confused about our identity. He made us in his likeness and his image and he made us male and female in the image of God he made them. But my friends, I have to tell you, this is good news. This is good news because this is what love is and therefore this is what love does. It is the judgment of God against the darkness of sin and death in our lives that reveals to us the light of his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness and you know this so well. He meets us where we are but he refuses to leave us as we are, why? Precisely because he loves us. And this is how Jesus becomes for us our Prince of Peace. So I wanna talk about something called the great exchange. The great exchange that Jesus offers to us, the way that we come out of the darkness of our sin and into the light of his love, and it is called confession. It's called confession. All that we have to do, my friends, is give it to him, and guess what, he already wants to take it from us anyway. Tell him about it, talk to him about it, and believe you me when I say that, I know. I know from my own personal experience how it can make us feel. It can make us feel embarrassed. It can make us feel ashamed. It can even make us feel angry. But here's the other part of the good news. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. And why? Because again, he already wants to take it from us. I saw a meme even on the way to church this morning that says, religion says to me that if I come to God, he's going to punish me. But relationship says, when I come to God, he's going to love me. When I come to God, he's going to love me. And so any and all of the contortions of our misshapen humanity, whatever they are, whether they are as fundamental as our identity or anything else that might be keeping us from him, the great exchange says, give it to him. Confess it to him. Give him what he already wants to take from us and in return, he will give you peace. Peace. His peace, his own peace. Peace that the prodigal son knew when he came to his father, as he said to himself, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. When his loving father met him on the road, he said, Come, let us celebrate. For this my son was dead, and now he is alive again. He was lost, but now he is found. And they killed the fatted calf, and they had the feast in his honor. My friends, this is the peace that the world cannot give because it does not have it to offer That peace that lets us know that the fire of God's love is burning for us and not against us. So I ask you in the name of God for the sake of the gospel and for the freedom of our burdens. Is there something you need to give to Jesus this morning? Is there something you need to give to Jesus this morning? Something that maybe you've been hiding in the deepest chambers of your heart, something that has kept you separated from him and the fullness of his love, something that might be keeping you from becoming all that he has in mind for you. You see, when we make our humble confession to almighty God, not only do we feel the weight of this burden being lifted off of our souls, but the fire of love will then fan into flame for all the world to see. And I wanna say this, my friends, in a world that is now so shrouded by such a thick veil of sin that so many are in such darkness that they cannot even see how lost they really are, we the church have to go first. We have to be the example so that the world can see an example. Fellow Christians, what I'm saying is that God is calling his church to live with boldness but equally with transparency so that this world can see the light of his love shining through us and coming together to fan into flame the spread of the gospel in this world because this, this is the only remedy against sin in our world. Nothing else will do, nothing else will work because it's not designed to. Many of you know this already through extended circumstances. I've learned a lot about Alcoholics Anonymous this past year. Through these circumstances, I have understood in a very personal way the depth of what it means to say, Hello, my name is, I'm an alcoholic. In the same way, I want to say to you, brothers and sisters in Christ, hello, my name is Chris, and I am a sinner in need of a savior. Every day I struggle with sin, every minute I need Jesus, and I need all of you to help me on my journey. And in this very same way, the world needs each and every one of us, all Christians and the whole church, to live this life of radical transparency, open authenticity, true humility, and genuine love. This is how we bring those living in darkness into the light of Jesus' love. By sharing our struggles with one another, but not as though we can figure it out simply among ourselves, but as James says, confessing your sins to one another and praying for one another that you might be healed. Turning to God, giving it to God because he already wants to take it anyway. So I'll close with some of my favorite words from Scripture among the very first ones that I memorized. We heard them this morning in the book of Hebrews, and this is exactly how it works throughout the ages. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who are these witnesses? These are the ones in times and ages past who have walked this out the very same way. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also throw aside every weight of sin that hinders us and encumbers us, and let us also run with patience and perseverance the race that is marked out for us, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, mocking its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted as you run your race. Last word. When I was enjoying vacation, this summer I feel like the word of the Lord spoke directly to me and he said, Chris, it's go time. It's go time. And I'm so thankful to serve among a people who want to carry this torch in our day and may we remember that even in the darkest of nights and in the darkest of places, it only takes one flame, it only takes one flame to lead someone to Jesus. But I'll say this also, When the whole church is set on fire for the gospel, the saving grace of Jesus Christ, with God's help and by God's help, we can change the world, and we will, and we will.